Covert Contracts and Dating. Hey everyone, Stephanie Costello here, mom of three, wife, animal lover, and entrepreneur. My goal with this podcast is to share healthy intimacy skills. If you feel you are the only one struggling, I promise you are not alone. It's time to take action and make shit happen. Hello, hello, and welcome back to our August editions of Covert Contracts, which I am still trying to fully process and understand what covert contracts are, but today I thought it would be interesting to talk about dating. Dating is something that I haven't really done. I've been with my husband since I was 19, uh, so dating is a little bit outside of my uh, expertise. Um, and well, not expertise, but experience, I should say. Uh, with that said, dating is still a form of a relationship, and I do love working with people on relationships, both with themselves and with other people in their life. Um, and so dating is quite an interesting journey, and I'm sure those of you who are out in the dating world right now are just like, ugh, because <laughs> dating is... Uh, strenuous and stressful and it's like when do you take the right action and is am I asking too much is this too soon Um, you know what do we do with COVID and everything and how can we really get to know each other when there's this huge uh, disease and you know all this chaos in the world but when it comes to covert contracts in dating you know COVID just puts a whole nother perspective on uh, dating for some people, but not for others. So we're not going to focus on COVID, but we're going to focus on what is it that people expect on during dating and timeframes and all this other stuff. Like dating is, everyone has different perspectives, uh, different ideas of what dating looks like for themselves. And I'm so I'm curious how I do, this is something I can't comment on. So please do send me email, uh, Steph, or excuse me, stephanie.costello at kbromance.com if you have any input. I've never had a conversation with someone about uh, what to expect at a first date, second date, third date, or how long is it before you go to the person's house and experience time with them in an intimate setting that's not necessarily sexual? And then do you follow your desires on like the first date after you've gone back to their house or the second date? Like how, how does that work? And honestly, no one can really say that answer because everyone's answer is different. And the big missing piece in a lot of dating is openly communicating about expectations or the covert contracts in our mind. Oftentimes people don't stop to think about, hey, what is my thought process on how this dating thing will work? And if we're more open about how it is going to work or we want it to work for us, then the other person's not caught off guard when they ask for something and we're just like, no, what is wrong with you, right? Um, they're, They're in a place where they really are being vulnerable and trusting and they're like, okay, this is something that I want. This is something that I need. This is what I desire to experience in this relationship. And even if it's something as simple as paying the bill, the whole, the guy pays the bill every single time. I don't agree with that. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair on whoever makes more money pays the bill. 
or um, if it's even a concern. Like, if you're going out to dinner, expect to at least cover your meal, depending on how the dinner is going. And the whole fighting over the bill when it's time to pay, like, even outside of dating, that, well, maybe I'll do a covert contract on uh, episode on who pays the bill, because that's, that's a whole nother, uh, whole nother conversation to process. And that just goes to show how many things we can't say is one way or the other. And something as I get older, I'm realizing is there's so much in our world that we literally can't control. There's not a rule book for everything. And I think we've tried to put so many rules on how people are supposed to engage in life and what that is supposed to look like and what one person does means the other person has to do it and all those other things. And I think that is my main goal this month is to really bring to light the differences of people in the world and what one person chooses is totally up to them, whether it's risky or not. Um, If you're choosing to sleep with the person on the first date, hey, that's your choice. You do you, boo. But wear a condom or ask for like, if you know the first date is in three weeks, then make them go get a test and get some results before you know you want to sleep together or whatever it is. Like take action and really communicate about what your covert contracts are. This person's not going to know if you're expecting results the night of, of like uh, any of the SED tests or anything like that. They're not going to know unless you say it. And then you're going to show up and be like, where's your test? And where's your newly dated test, right? Um, they're going to be like, um, you never said that. And that is kind of an outlandish uh, example, but it's a really great example of how to just be very clear and vocal about your thought process. And sometimes we don't really know that. And we don't really, we're not really thinking enough in advance, which we don't want to live in the future, but we need to think a little bit in advance of like, okay, in two weeks, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z with this person. What do I desire this situation to look like? And I'm not saying plan out every touch and plan out every kiss and plan out every whatever. Uh, But I am saying like have a open conversation and somewhat of a game plan of what's off limits and what's on limits so that when you're in a situation where the person is asking for something and they're like, and your, your response is no, I don't want that. And then they get upset because their needs aren't being met or what they thought they were going to get because they were having some sort of covert contract that their covert contract is now not being met and they're, now they're upset. That can easily be avoided with a basic conversation. Basic, basic conversations. It's really not that uncomfortable. It's really not that scary to have a basic conversation uh, with someone in your life or someone you want to experience um, certain things with. And this most certainly goes both both ways. Like, if you didn't communicate about what you're planning or what you're desiring, and the other person is on a total different wavelength than you because they were reading your body language how they wanted to read it versus how you were truly feeling, um, that is another sticky mess that can commonly happen. So I hope this was helpful. Oh, one more thing, actually. I was listening to a book, and I wish I had kept what it was, But one of the questions, uh, a conversational question, so some people are like, oh, well, I, you know, I tried this and the conversation went nowhere and it didn't work. And one of the sentences that I've heard recently was, if you're asking someone a question and you say, I don't know, something like, coffee is nice. Do you like coffee? What, What is someone supposed to do with that question? 
I mean, it's good to know if somebody likes coffee, but the starting of the statement is like, I like coffee. That means you like it too, right? And that is a challenging, it's a, it's a, it's called a leading statement or a leading question, I should say. So it's very important to make sure that instead of having close-ended communication, we have open-ended communication. Close-ended communication is, I like this, you like it too, right? Kind of undertone of a message. Oftentimes when I'm talking to my clients, I say, okay, right now you're talking semantics here. You're talking our physical world, what I call semantics, our physical world situation that we can literally manipulate with our fingers. Uh, But spiritually, so what's underneath the physical world? What's in your spiritual body or your mind or things that you can't manipulate that are you're trying to get outwardly? And so if you want to say, hey, yeah, I love coffee. Is there anything that you like to do in the morning? Do you like coffee? Do you like tea? Do you drink any of those? Why? Why not? And having all these open-ended conversations um, and When you have uh, open-ended conversation, that allows for the conversation to really go anywhere either of the people engaged in the conversation wants to take it versus when you have leading conversations, you're guiding the person down a path that maybe they don't want to be on that path or maybe they don't have the same sort of path that you do. doesn't mean the relationship can't work. It just means that the conversations are very much open and uh, pleasant and inviting rather than closed and one-sided or guided. Don't get me wrong. Those one-sided guided conversations are necessary, especially when someone is not meeting your need in a conversation. You get to be one-sided and guided because they've already shut it off and you get to be assertive in your wants and needs. That is definitely a whole nother podcast and that's like the gist of my course (laughs) that I do for work. So um, thank you for listening. I hope it was helpful. I really do love sharing these these thoughts and perspectives. This covert contract thing is just like mind-blowing to me. (laughs) I hope you have an amazing day. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. I am doing free 30-minute consultations for uh, my intimacy coaching program, self-exploration or and or relationship exploration. Check out my website if you have any questions. Bye!